Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing on today? Everybody doing good? Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. How's everybody? Just leave me a comment in that comment section. Let me know everybody's doing all right. Uh, I've been praying for you. I have been praying for you. I hope you've been praying all week. Um, we thank God for keeping us another week and for his gracious mercy uh, towards us. Uh, so I don't want to be before you long today, but I want to share a word with you uh, that the Lord has shared with me uh, just through studies on this week. And I hope uh, that this is an encouraging uh, word for everyone that tunes in. Hey, Kim, how are you? All right. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord, for us just to come together and to gather uh, through technology, God. Uh, although we're not together in person, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, God, for us to connect uh, through Zoom, through Facebook Live or whatever outlets, God, that are available to us, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you touch our hearts, touch our minds, God. God, uh, touch our spirits, God. We ask, Lord, that we're able to see the scriptures uh, as you have seen fit for us to see them, God. Uh, just reveal yourself to us more and more through the word, God. And Lord, we give you all the honor, praise and glory. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today, I want to talk to you uh, about the love of God. And the title of this message is Addictive Love. Addictive Love. Addictive Love. Hey, Caesar. Uh, right now, we're experiencing some difficult times. But we must remember that God is not only here with us in this difficult time, but God has not stopped remaining uh, from loving us. And I know sometimes uh, we're getting some bad news and uh, we're getting phone calls and we're watching the news and uh, we're looking at social media and it just appears that everything that we're looking at uh, is so negative in this season. Uh, if it's not the pandemic, uh, it's the argument over uh, politics. And if it's not the politics, it's the argument over what's going on uh, with other nations. And uh, it can make us feel really insecure, uh, make us feel a little fearful. But I want to encourage you guys on today that even in the midst of all of this, God is not only in this season with us, but God also loves us and he is keeping us through this season. Uh, now, you, some of folks say, well, if God loves us, uh, why in the world uh, would we be going through this pandemic right now? Uh, if God loves us, why in the world uh, would we uh, have to lock ourselves in our houses and put masks all over our faces and uh, watch where we go and uh, separate us from our families? Uh, but the thing that I want to bring to your attention that is if God didn't love us, then God could have easily removed his hand from us. And the COVID-19 is nothing in comparison to the wrath of God. So the fact that God is allowing every single one of us to live, the fact that those of you, uh, I see the same faces that I've seen and even a few additional faces uh, from last week, it shows me that God is still mercy, merciful. And if God is still merciful, then it shows us that God still has some love towards us. I need you to type in, tell, type somebody and tell them God loves us. God loves us. God loves us. I want you to understand that if God did not love us, uh, then we definitely would have experienced something more harsher than COVID-19. God didn't love us, uh, then most of us uh, would have been dead a long time ago. Uh, if God did not love us, he wouldn't wait for COVID-19, but the labor, labor and delivery departments 
uh, would have been at an all time high of infancy births because uh, we would have been dead from the moment we entered into the world. But the fact that God is keeping us alive, the fact that God is continually showing his mercy towards us is a sign that God still loves us. Us. So I want to encourage you on today that those of you that feel down, those of you that feel discouraged, those of you that feel alone, I want you to know that you are not alone, but God is here with you and God's mercy is still shining on you. So I want to give you four points uh, regarding uh, the love of God. I want to give you four points regarding the love of God. You can write these down and you can memorize them uh, however you see fit. Uh, I want to give you point number one. The first point is that God loved us before we loved ourselves. Say that again. God loved us before we loved ourselves. Uh, in Ephesians, the first chapter in the fourth verse, uh, it says something significant there. And you can go there with me if you would like. Ephesians 1 and 4. Ephesians 1 and 4. It says here, um, According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love, having predestined us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he made us accepted in the beloved. So one thing we have to understand is that God loved us before we loved ourselves, before you knew your destiny, before you knew your plan, before you knew who you were, God already predestined in eternity that he was going to love you. Mm. Uh, so, so many times we think that we have something to do when it comes to concerning our lives and our futures, in which we do. Uh, God definitely uh, allows us to plan certain portions of our life. Uh, but when it comes to eternal life and when it comes to salvation, God has already chosen you before the foundation of the world that you would be his. Uh, we didn't necessarily make the choice. Uh, we accepted him as our savior, but he already determined that he would be our Lord before the foundation of the world. Uh, what makes this thing so wonderful is the fact that uh, God did not look at merit. God did not look at our works. God did not look at our last name. God did not look at our connections. God did not look at our profession. God did not look at our salary when he chose us. Uh, but yet God, regardless of what your past was, regardless of who your family was, regardless of what you have been through in your life, God has already predetermined that you are his. Uh, and that right there is enough for us to rejoice because I thank God that God didn't choose me off of merit. Because if God would have chose me off of my merit, my merit would not have been good enough for him to accept me. I'm glad that God didn't choose me based off of my name. Because if God chose me, chose me off of my name, uh, my name isn't reputable throughout all of the earth. Uh, I'm not a Rockefeller. I'm not a Vanderbilt. I'm not a Gates. I'm not a Zuckerberg. But yet God in his infinite plan and according to the pleasure of his will had chose me before the foundation of the world that I would be his. I don't understand why. I don't understand what it was about me that made God love me. I don't know what it is about God that allows him to love you and show his mercy and his grace towards you. But what I will 
know, what I do know is that he loved you and that he has chosen you. So in this season, we need to be encouraged, people of God, that God is not only here with us, but God already has determined a plan concerning our lives before the foundation of the world. One of the greatest examples that comes to mind is a man by the name of Abraham. Uh, if you've ever read the book of Genesis around the 12th chapter, a man comes on the scene and at the time his name is Abram. Uh, Abram uh, comes from a idol worshiping country. Uh, Abel, or Abram comes from a place of people who does not know who Jehovah is, but yet God still chooses him, uh, which tells us that it was never off of the merit of Abraham. It was only based off of the pleasure of God's will to choose him. The Bible never says at this point that Abram was a holy man. The Bible never says that Abram was a man that read his Bible every day. The Bible never says that Abram was a man that went to church every Sunday. The Bible doesn't even mention that Abraham even knows who God is, but God yet chose him. Now, we understand that it could not have been based off of his merits because when you read the story of Abraham, Abraham had lied. Uh, you understand that he wasn't the greatest father. If you don't believe me, you can ask Ishmael. You can find out that in all times he wasn't the greatest husband. You can ask Sarah. And sometimes you can ask he wasn't the greatest baby daddy. You can ask Hagar, which shows us that there were some issues, but yet God still chose him, which tells us that we'll never, ever be able to reach the level of holiness of God. But yet God still finds in his divine wisdom to choose us as his own. I'm so glad, y'all, that God has chosen me as, as his own. So what does God do? God comes on the scene. And when God comes on the scene, he does something significant. He sends his son, Jesus Christ. And when he sends his son, Jesus Christ, he gives us the opportunity like Abraham to become one of his, to be adopted into the family of God. And it had nothing to do with us being Jews per se, but it had to do with our faith. Uh, for the Bible says in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever, not your last name, not who your mother is, not who your father is, but whosoever shall call upon his name or whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. But yet, even though Christ extended this grace to us, we see in the gospels on last week, we preached on this on Easter, that there were some people who still rejected his handout to give us his love uh, towards us. If I could share something with you, it would be uh, that you will never experience the fullness of God's love until you accept him. Uh -huh. Now, God is gracious and he reigns on the just as well as the unjust. Uh, but one thing you will understand is that when you are a believer in Christ, when you belong to him, there are certain benefits that come to believers that don't come to the rest of the world. I'll give you one of the number one reasons that you need to be adopted into the family of God. And the first reason is eternal life, uh, because this world has an expiration date. Uh huh. Eventually, uh, heaven and earth shall pass, but he will remain forever. And although we have nice houses and nice cars and nice things at the end of the day, when this is all said and done and the day of judgment comes, I want to hear well done, thy good and thy faithful servant. Who am I talking to today? I thank God for nice stuff, but the end result is for me to be with Christ in eternity. Am I talking to somebody? Uh, if I never get the car, but I'm with him in 
eternity, I'm all right. If I never get the house, but I'm with him in eternity, praise the Lord. If everything does not happen the way that I want it to happen on this earth, but he comes and I'm with him, then I'm going to be all right. And sometimes we don't get everything that we want on this earth, but the end result is not things, but the end result is to be with Christ in eternity. So we will never experience the fullness of who he is until we completely accept his will and not our will. Uh, So God in eternity already knew his plan for us. I'm looking at all these names on Zoom right now and back in eternity, because God is eternal. He has no beginning. So back in eternity, God already had your name. Back in eternity, God already had his predetermined will concerning your destiny. And yet he knew that sin was going to come. He knew that Satan was going to have his devices and his plans to take us off track. But God is so powerful that even with all of the obstacles that we have had in our lives, it never could unravel his destiny. Hmm. I'm going to say that again. (laughs) Even with all of the obstacles that we have had in our lives, it can never unravel God's destiny concerning our lives. Oh God, I'm preaching to somebody today. And we have to understand that the devil can throw everything that he can at us. He can throw sickness. He can throw pain. He can throw hurt. He can even throw death at us. But as Paul said in Romans 8 and 39, what shall separate us from the love of God? This is not us talking to God. It's God talking to us. And what he is saying is that I love you so much that there is nothing that can separate my love from you. So his love is addictive. When we want to act up, he loves us and he puts us back on the right track. When we sin, he loves us enough to correct our flaws. He loves us enough that when we go through situations in our lives, he makes a way out of no way. And when I see this type of love that God has towards me, there's nothing in the world that can separate it. So the coronavirus can happen and sickness can happen and cancer can happen and death can happen and friendships can end, but at the end of the day, there is nothing that can separate God's love towards me. Who am I talking to on today? There is nothing that's going to separate God's love concerning you. So I'm here to encourage somebody today that might be going through some things that God still loves you, and there's nothing that can happen. There's no one that can stop it. There's no doctor report that can end it. There's nothing that can unravel his plan concerning our lives. So when we go to the New Testament, Satan steps on the scene and he thinks that he has an eternal stronghold on our destiny. But what Satan doesn't understand in Revelations 20 is that he has an end, which means that he has no stronghold on our destiny. And God, because he already had a predetermined plan, had already pulled out his back pocket, our destiny for us to be with him in eternity. There's nothing that can change God's plan concerning your life. You will go through some things. You will go through some hurts. You will go through some pain. 
but it will never stop. God's plan concerning your life. And that's why we need to understand the promises of God. If God said it, it has to happen. If God spoke it, it has to come to pass. And you can look the devil right in his face and say, it looks like you're winning, but let me give you a head start. The end result is I will have victory in my life. So we see here that Satan is rejoicing, thinking that he has an eternal grip. But he doesn't understand that he's not eternal. And he doesn't understand that God has an unchanging plan to save us. And his unchanging plan was Jesus. Uh He was our price for our penalty of sin. And at the right time, he paid the price for us to have eternal life. Uh But that isn't the end. Because in the 13th verse of Ephesians, it speaks of the promise of the Holy Spirit. And the word promise there means a down payment. Meaning that what God did, what Christ did was when he went, send it up to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit down as a down payment and a down payment to let us know that we have an eternal security or an eternal commitment with him. Uh, so there, once again, there is nothing that can separate us from God's love when God has sealed us with his Holy Spirit. Number two, God not only loved us before we loved ourselves, but God has demonstrated his love towards us. Uh-huh. It's, it's easy to talk about love, but it's more powerful to demonstrate love. We all can go in this chat room right now and, and y'all can chat. I love you. I love you. I love you. Uh, uh, but the easiest way to explain love is not to talk about it, but to be about it. I like nice words. Uh, but I like nice actions better than nice words. Am I, am I talking to somebody? I, 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 I like you to speak fondly and I like you to use nice words. But if your words don't match your actions, then it's nothing more but lip service. And I'm so glad that I serve a God that does not just talk about it, but he's a God that is all about it. That God has told me that he will never leave me nor forsake me. And he has never left me nor forsake me. God has told me that he will heal me. And he has proven over and over that he is a healer. God has shown me that he is a protector and he has proven to me that he is a protector. So God not only talks and speaks love, but God demonstrates his love. So Romans 5 and 8 gives us the greatest example. It says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Watch this. Not when we got it together. Not when we made the decision that maybe it's time for me to get right with God. And then God said, all right, let me get right with you. No, no, no. But while we were yet in our mess, God died for us. Watch this. That sounds like a crazy story. I'll give you an example. Uh, when, when you think of this, when you think of love, and I ask anybody in here how much you love somebody, if you really love somebody, especially us parents and those of us that are really uh, committed to people in our lives, uh, if you really love them, there's a possibility that you'll lay your life down for them. Am I talking to somebody? I, lo- I have four children. I love all four of them. And if a robber came in a house right now and said, only one of you could live, I'm willing to lay down my life for my children. I love my wife enough to where if the robber said only one of y'all can live, I'm willing to lay down my life for them. Uh, but 
<laughs> if there's a stranger and you put a gun in their head, uh, I got to think about it because my love is based off of the people that are closest to me. Uh, that's a great gesture. Uh, but what made, what made Christ's sacrifice even more amazing was that we were his enemies. We were sinners. We were the bad guys. And Satan had a gun up against our head and said, I'm holding them ransom. Jesus had no reason to say, I'll pay the price. But yet, while we were yet sinners and while we were yet the bad guy, he laid down his life so that we could be free from Satan. Watch this. There was no reason for him to save us. There was no reason for him to deliver us. But yet, while we were in our mess, while we were yet sinners, he went back to the archives of his promises that he would save us and says, regardless of what type of mess they're in, I have to die so that they could live. This is the power of our faith. The power of our faith is not that we're so great in our works. It's not that we're so awesome. The power of our faith is that we were so jacked up, but God loved us enough to lay down his life. Even when we were in a rut, even when we were in a mess, even when we were still acting a fool, God still said, I'll sacrifice my life for you so that you can live. And if that was, forget a house, forget a car, forget prosperity, forget all that word of faith. That alone, y'all, is enough for me to give God glory all by itself because I should be dead, gone, sleeping in my grave. But because he laid down his life so that I can live is enough for me to give him praise all by itself. Do I got anybody in here that can give God praise? I don't got a house. I ain't got a car. I ain't got all that. But you know what? I'm alive and I'm going to be with him in eternity. That's enough for me to give God praise all by itself. Do I got an amen? So he takes us as the bad guys and he not only saves us, but he takes us in and he adopts us. <laughs> Why would he adopt me when I'm such a mess? Why would he take me in? Why would he save me? With all of my baggage, all of my faults, all of my issues, why? And we'll never be able to fully understand why he loves us the way that we do. Because his love towards us is an addictive love. It's a love that surpasses any of our understanding. And that's why we can't judge God for loving who he wants to love because he never had to love us. But the fact that he loves us is a testimony all by itself. I thank God that he didn't leave me to die. But in his mind, all the way back in eternity, he had in his mind that he was going to save me. And I am part of his plan. Point number three, God's love does what's right. Say that again. 
God's love does what's right. One of the attributes of God is he is a holy God. And because he is a holy God, he cannot condone or affirm anything that contradicts holiness. Hmm. Because he is a holy God, a righteous God, he cannot affirm or condone anything that is against his word. Hmm. And the same way that he does not condone or affirm is the same way we have to be. Are y'all quiet? I can love you, but my love will not allow me to accept anything that does not align with God's word in God's will. I'm going to leave that right there. Uh, God loves us, but God is not going to allow us to continue to abide in sin as a lifestyle and not repent and come close, closer to him. Because love will love you, but love will not tolerate mess. It's like a good parent. I love you, but I'm going to discipline you when I see you stepping out of what, uh, what your purpose is. Now, uh, the, uh, Hebrews 12 and 4 says that he chastises those whom he loves. Why does he chastise us? He doesn't chastise us because he finds pleasure. Uh, but he chastises us because he's trying to get us to move into a higher level of spiritual maturity. Mm, y'all quiet. He, he chastises us because he understands that we are supposed to be in a level of maturity as we walk more and more into his purpose and into his life. Uh, when you recognize what God, what, what he has delivered you from, you shouldn't want to be connected to that stuff anymore. So he chastens us and he scourges us because he loves us. Uh huh. A good parent disciplines their child because if you fail to discipline your child, you set your child up to move into a place to where they're out of control. And they never mature in certain areas of their life. So the question that you might ask is, well, how does God discipline us? Glad you asked. One way that God disciplines us is that sometimes God will allow us to experience difficult times in order for us to learn our lesson. Mm. Say that again. Sometimes God will allow us to experience difficult time in order for us to learn our lessons in life. Which means that everything ain't the devil. Sometimes God has allowed you to experience what you experienced because you were outside of his will. And the only way that he could get you back in his will was to discipline you so that you could get back on the right track. Am I talking to somebody today? Uh, if all of us could tell the truth, we all have had some experiences in our lives where God allowed us to go through difficult seasons. Am I talking to somebody? Uh, God has allowed you to go through some hardships. Uh, God has, allowed, no, no, not the devil, not the devil, not Satan. God has allowed you to go through some circumstances 
And sometimes you had to hit rock bottom. Sometimes you had to get your back up against the wall. Sometimes you had to go through hardships. Sometimes you had to go through pain. But you know what? The greatest thing about it is that God loved you enough to go through it. Because through that lesson, you learned a lesson not to go back to the thing that God allowed you to go through. So sometimes the greatest discipline that God can give us is hardship. Sometimes the greatest discipline that God can give us is to let go and let you do you. Because when he allows you to let go and do you, that's when you begin to see how limited you are in your own power. You can't survive without God. You can't do anything without him. You can't live without him. So what God says is sometimes I got to show you how much of a force I am in your life. And because you don't recognize the force that I am in your life, sometimes God has to take his hand off and let you see what it feels like for a moment if his grace wasn't there. So glad that when I fell off track, he disciplined me to put me back on the track. He didn't leave me out there. He didn't leave me in a condition that I couldn't be saved from. But he corrected me, put me back where I was supposed to be and taught me valuable lessons from some of the hardships that I went through in my life. Some of you are going through some hardships right now. And sometimes all it takes is for you to go cry out to your father and say, God, help me. And it's, it's there that you recognize, it's there that you recognize that you need to get right with God is when God is able to fix and correct those areas in your life. Oh, I'm talking to somebody today uh, because some of you are going through things. It just seems like thing after thing after thing keeps happening. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes we just go through circumstances. This pandemic, I don't believe I'm not one of those, uh, 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 you know, fire and brimstone preachers. I don't believe that uh, this is God's judgment for a particular people, because if God wanted to, he would wipe a particular people out. Why are innocent people dying? So we're not going to say that this is happening uh, for God to teach us a lesson. I'm not going to say that. But I will say that there are certain situations in our lives where God will allow certain things to happen in our personal lives so that we can know him even the more. I'm going to give you this fourth point and I'm going to close right here. Fourth point is God teaches us how to love. After he demonstrates his love, he now teaches us how to love. Uh huh. Because if you're going to be a son and a daughter of God, you now have to showcase those same attributes in your life. Uh, so first John, uh, uh, the fourth chapter in the 19th verse uh, begins to share with us how God forces action upon his love. Y'all with me? God, he shows action with his love. Uh-huh. And he also says that we cannot say that we love God and hate our brother. We can't say that we love him and we hate our brother. It says we love him because he first loved us. If a man, I can't read that, love God and hated his brother, he is a liar. For he loves not his brother whom he has not seen. Uh-oh. So we have to understand there that God loves us. And because he loves us, we have to showcase that same love towards others. Now watch this. On the day of judgment, 
we are going to be evaluated by our attributes of love. Now, we understand that those of us that are saved and are sealed with the Holy Spirit, our name is already in the book of life. But there's still going to be an evaluation on your life on what you did with the gifts that God gave you while you were here and while you were saved. And one of the first things that God is going to want to know is, did you love your brothers? What did you do to show love to your brothers and your sisters? Were you forgiving? Were you long-suffering? Were you kind? Were you patient? How do you say that you carry my attributes, but you don't showcase them to your brothers and sisters? I I know I I hollered last week, but today I just want to talk to y'all today. Uh, How in the world do we call ourselves Christians and we don't showcase the same love that God has shown upon us? Love has been demonstrated through him. And therefore, we need to showcase the same love towards our brothers and our sisters. So I want to go back to the four points. And I'm going to close here. Point number one is that God loved us before we loved ourselves. Point number two is that God demonstrates his love. Point number three is that God does what God's love does what's right. And point number four is God teaches us how to love. If we keep those four points in our mind, I hope this will encourage each and every single one of you on this week. This is a season and a time now where the church and the world needs love like never before. There are many people that have lost their jobs Uh, There are many people that are uh, without money and finance, and uh, there are people that are uh, unemployed. And in this season, we as Christians, we as believers, we as people of God, this is the greatest opportunity uh, for us to showcase the love of God to the world. This is not the season for us to fold. This is not the season for us to be fearful. This is not the season for us to act like the rest of the world, but this is the season for those that are fearful to see our faith. This is the season for the rest of the world to look around and not know where, where the next meal is coming from, but seeing us depend on a God that shall supply our need. And when they begin to see your faith in the midst of fear, when they begin to see your courage under fire, they will then come to you and say, what must I do? <laughs> To be saved, it opens a door for evangelism. It opens a door for you to share the gospel. It opens a door for you to share with people who God is and how he He strengthens and keeps you during this time. Maybe this is a season that God is allowing for us to showcase his love to the world. And rather than looking at this in a complete negative way, Let's try to look at this pandemic in a positive way. And in the positive way is, is that God is still merciful towards us. And he has given us enough time to share the gospel and to get it right with him while we're still alive. I want to open uh, the virtual altar (laughs) on today to anyone that may not know Jesus Christ as their personal savior. 
Uh, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, uh, I want to have prayer with you. So what I want you to do is I want you to inbox me um, or email me through our Hope Haven website, um, and I will contact you personally uh, so that we can lead you to Christ. Um, if there's anyone that desires special prayer, I'm going to ask you to put your prayer request in the comments. So we pray every Monday. Uh, we want to make sure that we uh, pray for your request on tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Um, and you can join us if you would like. Uh, but in this season, we need prayer and we want to try to reach as many that don't know Christ as, as many as we can. We want to try to compel them to understand the gospel and to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So if there is one of the sound of my voice, uh, please feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we want to pray with you. Uh, we want to uh, share, share with you the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, and we want to uh, introduce you or welcome you into the family of God. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for this word on today, God. This may not have been a screaming and hollering message, God, but God, it was a message that is necessary because it is a message to help us understand in this season, God, that not only are you there for us and you will not leave us nor forsake us, but that you love us. And God, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you, God, for keeping us, God, even uh, while we're, we're out, God, in this pandemic, God, you're protecting us, God. And God, those that may not have been as lucky, God, and may have contracted this virus, God, we pray, God, for your healing power. And God, we understand there's no luck, God, but God, those that may have just contracted it, God, we ask God that you heal them, God, touch their bodies, touch their hearts, touch their minds, God, encourage them in this season, God, let them know that you are there with us. God, we ask Lord that you continue, God, to heal our land, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, for us to share the gospel with the world, God. And God, we won't stop, God. For God, as long as we live, God, we will proclaim your good news, God, and your good works for us, God. And Lord, we ask so that you touch every single person on this line, name by name, one by one. God, you know our requests. God, you know our needs. God, we ask so that you meet every need. And Lord, we give you all the praise. We give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you all again for joining us um, on our uh, virtual service on today. Uh, Hope Haven, I love you guys so much. Um, you guys are my strength. I thank you guys for uh, being just a shoulder to lean on through this. Um, I know I'm supposed to encourage you as your pastor, but you guys have, been, have been encouraging me um, just being strong. And I pray that uh, everyone just remains healthy. Um, I pray that everyone remains safe. Uh, everyone, please stay in the house if you can. If I know, I understand you have to go grocery shopping. I got to do that um, this week. Y'all pray. But um, after you do that, just do whatever you can to remain safe. Um, we are people of faith. Um, and remaining safe is not uh, faithless. Uh, but remaining safe is, is understanding the wisdom. Um, it also is obeying the laws of the land and doing what is right. So um, we still believe God and we know that God is able to do. But at the same time, when God has uh, given our elected officials uh, certain uh, insight and, and information that we may not understand, uh, sometimes it's good to obey the laws of the land and do what you're supposed to do. So um, if you can just remain safe on this week, um, I'm grateful to God that God has kept our church. Um, not that I know of. Anyone has contracted the uh, COVID-19. I know some folks may have had some family affected by it, um, but and we pray for them. Uh, but we do thank God for keeping uh, the Hope Haven family uh, safe during this um, pandemic. Uh, obviously, before I go, um, 
We want to do our offertory response. Um, you know, we're not here, uh, but when we come back, I want to make sure that uh, everything is set in order, all expenses and everything is taken care of uh, so that we can continue worship when we come back uh, into the Hope Haven Church. Amen. So I want to give you our offertory response. Uh, then we're going to give a benediction and then uh, I will see you guys on tomorrow for prayer. All right. Um, I don't know if you can slide those, pick that, that uh, screen over because I can't read the last words of the paragraph on the far right. Uh, all right. Yeah, see the pictures are on the right, so I can't read the whole thing. It says the first words are about, the first words of the Bible are about, and in this picture. <laughs> oh. No, it's okay. All right. The first words of the Bible. Now, look, y'all, I can't. Okay, there we go. The first words of the Bible about God's own generosity. God gave us the gifts of a beautiful creation, our home, the earth and the animals that live here with us. On this afternoon, we come together. We come together to thank God and to offer our gifts so that the ministry of this church will continue to grow and prosper. How should we give? So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency and all things may have an abundance for every good work. Why should we give? Giving allows us to serve our local community. Giving allows us to provide for those in need. Giving allows us to gather in a building weekly. Well, not now, but we will soon. <laughs> and giving allows us to spread the gospel in other cities across the nation and around the world. Um, there are two ways that you can give. I know some of you are used to the traditional way where we pass the bucket on Sunday, but unfortunately, I can't see your wonderful faces. Uh, but there are two ways that you can give. You can give online through our Givelify app. Uh, you should just go to Apple or iTunes into your store, uh, download the Givelify app and it's literally three taps and you're done. Uh, or you can go to our website, www.go to, number two, go to hopehaven.org. Uh, you just click the given button. You can pay via, v, you can pay, uh, <laughs> give a donation, sorry, not pay, uh, via PayPal um, so that you could be a blessing to the ministry. Um, just so I can give you guys some insight of what's going on. Um, I want to thank you guys so much uh, for those of you that have been able to con con contribute um, during this uh, pandemic we've been able to do some work um, with your contributions um, this week. I believe we're going to be um, blessing um, young, young life. It's young life ministries, I believe. All right. So it's young tri-state young life ministries. It's for unwed mothers. Um, we are supplying them with boxes of diapers um, and wipes a month supply of diapers um, and wipes. Um, and that's all from your contribution. These are um, unwed mothers um, who at this time may not have the finances and, and the needs to get what they can get or go out to the stores. Uh, but all of your contributions um, have allowed us to help uh, mothers for a month supply um, so that they don't have to pay for any diapers. I just got out of diapers. I had a three-year-old. I know how expensive diapers can be. Um, so I want to thank all of you guys uh, for that contribution. Um, 
just so you guys know, um, your money is going towards um, what we wanted, what we needed to go toward, which is our mission. And here at Hope Haven, our mission is to be real. It is to reach, evangelize, accept, and love. Uh, so I just want to thank you guys uh, for your contribution. Uh, let's have a word of prayer. And um, I will see you guys soon. Um, Always good to fellowship with you guys. Don't forget on Monday night, tomorrow at 7 p.m., we're going to have prayer. We're going to have Bible study on Wednesday night. Uh, on Friday, um, I want to meet all married couples. We're going to just have a great conversation on Friday night at 7 p.m. So um, trying to remain busy, even though we're down, um, feel free to join us on any of those nights. Uh, we'd love to see your faces. Um, and it's always good to fellowship with you all. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity for us just to come together again, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for meeting us in this place, God. We thank you, Lord, for uh, just your love. God, we thank you for your love, God, your your unconditional God, your love that just surpasses uh, any understanding that we have, God. We don't understand why you love us. We don't know why you care. But God, we thank you that you do, God. And Lord, we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.